set your phones to vibrate. It's time for Verbal Tap, episode 23, the show that proves fighting is easier from outside the cage. With me, of course, Rafa Sparza. Raf, how are you doing tonight? I'm fine. Was that set your phones to vibrate a thinly veiled attack at me? It was not thinly veiled. It was an attack at you because when we tried to start the show the first time, <laughs> Rav's phone goes off and it sounded like a volcano had hit the podcast. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. Uh, when, when you are doing things and you are an organized person and you are multitasking, you have to go in order of operations. So when one of my buddies calls me who's higher than Kevin, I go, oh, yep, sorry, got to take this. He's more important. And that could be pretty much anyone that would call. Honestly, that could have been the Domino's Pizza Man, and I would have been, like, more important than Kevin right now. (laughs) That that genuinely could have been my cousin calling to – I was still taking it. Okay, let's go over the website because we've been doing work over at Verbal Tap Cast. And Raph and I, if you guys can believe it, don't talk a lot during the week about what we're necessarily going to put on the website. We'll mention it, but we don't work in like a newsroom. No, there's not an editorial meeting. It's not like, hey, Kevin, you cover the Bellator beat and I'm going to cover the uh, former Ultimate Fighter beat. Go. Yeah, it's not like, hey, Raph. You make sure you find a triangle choke marriage proposal, or any choke, just a marriage proposal, jiu-jitsu choke, <laughs> and I'll go look for things about Ryan Gosling doing MMA. Okay, break. That's not how it is. Though I do wish that's how it is, now that we're describing it. That sounds like a way better way to run this run It probably this is. Shit. Although it also sounds like we're just making things up. Like, it does ooh, sound like we're just... <laughs> did you just put in Ryan Gosling and MMA in the search engine? What came up? <laughs> No, again, it's uh, whatever you can do to genu- genu- generate interest in the sport, you got to do it. Yeah, our, our passing by, it's like drive-by. It's like I'll just go, hey, Kev, I'm kind of putting this up. Maybe like, oh, it's up. Sorry. Oops. Yeah. You good with hey, that? I'm putting it up as I see it pass through my Facebook news feed. It's like, oh, okay. So <laughs> in that spirit, Raph and I are going to do a little catch-up over the last week. And essentially, we're just going to scroll through and talk about some things we saw in MMA. This is how you can also tell it is a jam-packed MMA news cycle, people, yeah. when oh, we yeah. drift into let's review our website for the week. <laughs> but we're still excited about it. So I, the Cinco de Mayo Diaz brothers style, where did you find this video? Uh, I don't know. I, I caught it uh, from some random newsfeed thing. And it, it, it when it popped up, I was – enjoying my Seiko de Mayo after our show. And it's kind of one of those things, like we just said, I, I think I willed it into existence. I think we had just gotten done talking about the Diaz brothers, and then we saw some guy going, like, he posts this, some random dude just goes, this is uh, Diaz beating me up. It's awesome, I'm drunk. I like it because it really shows exactly what I thought the Diaz brothers the end of their Cinco de Mayo would be like just super shitty, not very interesting, and just them somehow still self-aggrandizing each other. I did appreciate the fact that there is an easel that was falling down as Diaz is trying to essentially control his friend who's on the ground. Like, it looks like a drill, like a warm-up drill. Yeah, it's very high level. The sad part is the friend is, like, trying to, like, mess with him and beat him up, but Diaz is just doing, like, no... 
All right, I'm fake punching you to let you know I can actually punch you. The very classy next story, I pull guard on the first date (laughs) t-shirt. Yes. Uh, I saw that, you know, they have those specials that go on for jiu-jitsu. And and if we are anything here, we are people who like to give other people information and options, are we not? That's our mission statement, if we had one. If we were smart enough to write one down, yes. But... Uh, as you may know, who listen, Kevin and I are both uh, people with significant others, so I don't really think they'd be cool with us wearing a shirt like that. Agreed. And I wouldn't wear it because it has a black belt on it, and I don't want to... And that was the thing I hated. I didn't like that part. I actually liked everything else except for the black belt. Yeah, it was like, you're being presumptuous here, aren't you? The Dana White faces of fuck, this one's me... But essentially, it's just uh, Dana White with some different memes written over and some really good captions. Wait. In your DVD commentary of these articles, you can't editorialize and say, P.S., these captions are hilarious. Well, okay, here, let me read one. There's the Go Fuck Yourself 3. This is, yes, he heard your question, and yes, he'll answer it, but definitely go fuck yourself after. So people are going to want to tune into that. Hilarious, people. High-quality uh, reading. It's very sad, because I was about to pay you a compliment and say I thought that was funny. And then oh, you, went, you did it. Well, no, I take it back. I never said it. Oh, okay. You were because just going you went, to say it. Well, you went ahead and said it for yourself, so there's no reason to really, you know, replicate anything here. <laughs> Very true. Speaking of funny, the voice meets the ultimate fighter is one of the best things you've ever written down. Thank you. The uh, Fightmaster promo. So if people are not already aware, Raph and I are just playing Getty about Fightmaster, which is coming out this summer, which genuinely the d- big difference is that the fighters get to pick the coaches, I guess. Yes. And it's got four. It's got like Frank Shamrock, Greg Jackson, Randy Couture, and someone else. As the four coaches. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they get to get the fighters get picked. I don't know, but the commercials, the teasers are great. And it really does look like, and I was watching some of the voice tonight. Yeah. It really does look like the voice meets the ultimate fighter. It looks like the most ridiculous. Like somebody at Spike goes, I want to copy the ultimate fighter, but how do we get what's hot right now? The voice. Put him in chairs. And the way that they do it, the the coaches are feigning, like, yelling at people. And so you have them yelling at a cage with people who are fake fighting in front yeah, of them. It looks pretty masculine, though. I mean, it's, it's some whiskey and cigars away from being a really, really uh, crazy night in Vegas. But, yeah, it's, it looks cool. The fights look cool itself, but the actual commercial for the first 15-second look – absolutely ridiculous for argument's sake this is a fun website bit we do where raf just really goes off the cuff and types whatever (laughs) he's thinking about a specific (laughs) topic there is absolutely no research preparation or forward thing you put into it he just gets in and lets it go chael buys the wwe is this is uh this is the most ridiculous thing I've written, I think, so far. It's uh, weird. Because it is weird, but let's put it this way. Uh, Chael Sonnen told TMZ 
Lindsay that or a person who works with Chael, they mentioned that he doesn't want to just be in the WWE. He wants to buy it, which if you know anything about that organization, they're not just going to give it to him because it's worth more than probably his friends who are the investors have. So we just ran with it and said, all right, forget that shit. What if he did? Let's just uh, let's just open up Pandora's box and figure out what if. So read that article. article to find out more. Yeah. All right. We got swag. If people are interested in a shirt, let us know. Check out the website. You can see the Verbal Tap MMA podcast shirt. After all, Raph and I are in this to spread our message of comedy MMA around. And what better way to do that than merch and a nice cotton-fitted shirt. So if people are interested, let us know. Yeah, I I definitely got uh, already a a set of nice compliments about it and looks uh, from people who I ran into this week. Uh, Audiences all around, comedy folks who were just like, that's kind of cool. Are you going to kill me? And I said, no, it's just a, a podcast. And they're like, I know, I'm just kind of afraid of you. And I was like, I have no idea why, but thank you. Yeah, I take that as a sign of awesome. Yup. Fox Sports 1. <laughs> uh, so this is another segment that we just started. Uh, Fox Sports 1, we're talking about the fact that the UFC is moving from FX and Fuel and now going to their own uh, network that they're going to share with, I think, NASCAR, some baseball rebroadcasts but uh get ready for that there's a big card going down on august 17th in boston it's gonna be as dana white promises the biggest card we've ever fucking given you guys so that means it's gonna be okay (laughs) that means it's not gonna be awful yeah lookout weekend cirque du soleil parody by olympic wrestlers uh, this one I got queued off from by one of our our jiu-jitsu coaches at uh, Valley Martial Arts who just threw this at – like he just liked it and I saw it. And we're going to put stuff up on the weekends that we think is just silly and fun uh, so that you can enjoy your weekend because we know you don't get time to read on the weekends, right? No, who does – who has time to read on the weekends? That's what I'm saying. So that's why we put shit like this up here. And those guys already retweeted us. Uh, the Olympic wrestlers were, were good sports. It's actually really stupid and funny. I would highly suggest it. <laughs> that's typically all you... It is pretty funny. Like, they got some moves, too. So. They were Final, <clears throat> final story. Uh, I covered Joe the Nose Wilkes fight. And if people from Kansas are listening or anyone's listening... We interviewed Joe the Nose Wilk a few podcasts back, which you can find on the website. He had an unbelievable fight with Doug Jenkins that ends with a lot of blood, a lot of heart, just two guys slugging it out in the third round. So best of luck to him as he continues. We'll have to have him back on the show and talk about what happened with the fight. Yep. Uh, Looks like an awesome time. I think uh, we'll definitely have to have him talk about it. It would be cool to hear what he has to say. Yeah, and now it's – by far the most exciting moment of the show. We're going to end all this verbaltapcast.com talk because... Wait, what website is that again? (laughs) Verbaltapcast.com Of course, you've already been to it, those listening, and you've told all your friends. We can only assume you've done that. Tell your friends. Download us on iTunes. Leave us a message. Visit the website. Hit us up on Twitter at verbaltapcast.com 
Find us on Facebook. Facebook. Like us on Facebook. I'm gonna add music to it in post. Did you just do poker face, but Facebook? No, it was a little bit more like a uh, r- 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 rerun. It was it was going down, not like oh, a face. The poker face is much harder. It's either. Poker Face or David Bowie's Changes. <laughs> Podcast moment of the year right now, Rap. It's going on. Hey, we have Gilbert Jamal Smith from The Ultimate Fighter when we come back in just oh, a second. Thank God. He can't get here soon enough. Tap listeners on the line, continuing with a, a very special season one for Raf and I, one of our favorite fighters from the Ultimate Fighter House, Jamal the Specialist Smith. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, brother. How are you doing? Not too bad. So before we got you on the line, Raf and I were, if you follow Mr. Smith here on Twitter, you know from the show he was called Gilbert or Jamal, and there was a lot of controversy Raph and I have finally gotten to the bottom of that. Would you please explain for Verbal Tap listeners when you are Gilbert versus when you are Jamal? Okay, so uh, I'm Gilbert only when it's dealing with like more official things. You know, when I have to fill out documents and I have to talk to somebody that's official, then sure. I'm probably Gilbert. You know, but however, when I'm talking to friends and I'm chilling with the homies, I'm, I'm Jamal. Everybody calls me Jamal mostly. <laughs> Now, and, is there ever a moment when people mess up? Like, is there a moment you're hanging with friends and they go, ah, Gilbert, ah, oh, wait, Jamal, ah, ah. No, it's funny because a lot of people don't even know my name is Gilbert until the show. Uh, for instance, uh, I have a school here in Colorado Springs called Victory, and I have students that, like, you know, pay for tuition. And sometimes they pay by check. And they'll literally write down Jamal on the mm-hmm. check. And unfortunately, uh, for official reasons, nobody exists to name Jamal, at least not me. So, so I have to tell him, ah, bro, when it comes to official stuff, like a check, something like that, is actually Gilbert. Hmm. And at Verbal Tab, we've been given him, we've been given permission to call him Jamal. So, uh, we're already passing the friend step. And the question I have to ask, it'd be only because my girlfriend would be upset if I didn't, are you wearing a shirt right now? No, no okay. shirt. No, I, I don't do shirts. Perfect. So we don't notice my that on the again. show. Yeah, yeah. It, it was and you already got the answer. Yeah, <laughs> we're there. And, and, and I do have a, a, a statistical breakdown. How much percentage-wise <laughs> on the show would you say you were wearing a shirt? <laughs> you know, I, have, I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I just know it was something our listeners and our uh, our folks who we are our friends with wanted us to ask, and and we are journalists that get down to the bottom of these questions. We ask the serious questions. For example, are our guests wearing a shirt or not? Um, that's uh, you know comes with our journalistic integrity. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're you're here. so you got to talk to us about your experience on the Ultimate Fighter. What was it like being in the house? 
You know, it's funny uh, because the Ultimate Fighter almost felt like it was a whole nother lifetime. You know, <laughs> it was just back in back from October to December. But so many things that has happened since then that it feels like it was so long ago. But uh, you know, my experience on the show was uh, was hindsight. It was awesome. You know, going through it, it was very stressful. But but I think we made the best of it, and I definitely enjoyed every mo- every minute of it. I would do it again. Well, the main question that we've always had, and and there's a behind the scenes, uh, I guess web extra of them saying that you wanted to cross over to uh, Team Sonnen. Can you explain a little bit about that mentality and how that came about? Yeah, uh, you know, that's one of the uh, the things that kind of frustrate me for me to see and watch because I, I actually saw that web web extra and John Jones like. Saying how uh, how I was in the uh, midst of a lot of controversy. Basically, what happened was after after I lost my fight, or better, even kind of like even before I lost my fight, I, I said that you know there's so much talent here. I wanted to train with everybody. You know what it comes down to it in life in your fight career. There's no real such thing as Team Jones, Team Sonny. It's Gilbert Smith being the best fighter that Gilbert Smith can be. So. If Team Sunday had some coaches or teammates that could teach me something, something I could learn from, engage myself off of, or whatever case can be, then, then that's what I wanted to do. I mean, what what other opportunity am I going to be uh, a bit at half when I have 13 other middleweights in the same facility as me? I mean, come on. I'm never going to have somebody that's 6'6", like Luke, or somebody, you know, that's a Hickerson, Gracie, black belt like Kevin Casey, or somebody that's actually such a good wrestler like uh like like Jimmy Quinn. So or some of the flashy kicks and crazy stuff like Uriah. You know so like the other team just had a lot of different styles that I wanted to try out or you know, train with or learn from. It's the same thing with my own team, man. I had a lot of talent too. But you know, people got into the whole drawing the line, this is this team oh, this is team Sunday and then they, they was kinda I guess a little bit offended by it. And then, and then, if you also circle in the fact that I kind of felt like a little bit that my team wasn't the most supportive during my fight with Luke, so like I really didn't feel like I had to be a team, whatever. And your fight, to your uh, speaking to that, your fight was so early. Yeah, it was the first fight. So by the time you were like three weeks in, because of everything that had happened, the fight had felt like it almost had never taken place. Like, it was almost hard to remember that how Luke had even gotten into the quarterfinals. That's how early the fight was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, because obviously, they, 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 cause the, way, the way it was recorded or played out on the television, they gave everybody, like, uh, the first fight, everybody had their own episode. And yeah. um, so, so, so by the time we got to the quarterfinals, it was almost like seven weeks in, in, into the season because it was seven fights. Yeah. Plus, you get out in the, uh, the wild card made it eight fights or eight weeks. And the fact is, that's not how it really happened. You know, in the house, sometimes we had two fights in the same day. I mean, we did notice on our end, we, we have a famous uh, two-minute uh, review of The Ultimate Fighter every week on this show. And one of the things that we did notice in your episode was they were just like, all right, everybody, get together. We got to support our team, except you. Cardio kind of sucks, so I guess we're done. Bye. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> yeah. That's the way I kind of felt. I I, I kind of felt, you know, going into the fight, there wasn't a lot of positive talk, and and which was kind of different from when they first picked me. Now 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 
Now, if you look at it, well, you wasn't there for when we first started training and it picked me. You know, like, we went through, like, that day that they decided my cardio sucked. We went through, like, I had five rounds. And I had big gloves, Bubba, John Jones, they all had small gloves. We was doing drills. You know, there was a lot of, like, like anxiousness. And it was, it was kind of weird. So, you know, I wasn't in the best mind frame as far as the workout. So, like, they kind of judged me, like, I felt like early without really knowing my skill set or, or who I was. It wasn't like John Jones went back and did, like, watch my fights. It wasn't like he went back and realized that I was probably one of the only guys on the team that ever fought a five-round MMA fight in the state of Colorado with an with a, with a actually high altitude. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you want to talk about cardio training, it, it doesn't get no better than that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I and, ask this, and I'm sure, you know, your version is different than mine, but I look on there, and when a TV person is told, your cardio sucks, and I'm sitting on a couch, I immediately think, well, it's got to be better than mine. So we'll start there. <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, and, and also, and also training, training cardio and fight cardio is two different things, believe it or not. Like, sometimes you just start doing the things that, you know, that people actually do during training, particularly when they don't even know you. Like, like, like all right, listen, so, so basically they take me to the first fight. They don't know my style. They don't even know too much about Luke. What they should have did was, like, okay, Jamal, what do you need? And how yeah. can we support you? And it was more like me just doing whatever they tell me to do, and they don't even really have a game plan. Do you think that going first was part of that moment where everybody's feeling each other out, and that made it so difficult to to really be fair for your first fights? Uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about that. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely think there was definitely a learning curve, uh, and I just so happened to be kind of like the victim, you know. Afterwards, you know, I, I think things got better for everybody else. I, I just so happened to be the guy that got caught up in the mix, you know, uh, for, for the first fight, and, and it's for m- multiple different reasons. I think, I think coming from the coach's standpoint, it was it was for my teammates, you know, because they were worried about me losing the fight and losing control, and they really wanted to maintain control. So the coaches just took what the teammates said, and and nobody really talked to me. That was the biggest issue I had. Mm. nobody really sat down and talked to me. Like, if there was, like, like I learned out, I, I learned a lot about what was going on when it was, like, that big ambush. When I'm sitting down and John Jones come in, it was like, he pointed to Clint. He was like, Clint, so you're going to fight. And, and, and Jamal, you're going to not fight. And I was like, what? And then I looked up John Jones, and he was like, uh, see, John Jones didn't know that I didn't know. Mm. <laughs> So like so, so everything just came to head, and I was like, I was like, wow, did this just happen? Did did y'all like where was I when y'all was talking about this? Like, I mean, watching the show, I realized when I went out, you know, to check my weight, that's when that's when Josh and Bubba went, went to check me and told check me and such and such. Like, I, I mean, I really had no idea. So let me ask you this, because that's always that has to be such a strange feeling to live through that six weeks and then get to see it come yeah. out each week. How do you think you were portrayed after having watched the way um, that FX ended up cutting the cutting the whole series? Well, okay, so, so first and foremost, uh, by the time I've seen it on TV, 
I kind of already knew something happened. You know, I kind of talked to people, and people already gave me the lowdown. So, I, I mean, I was kind of, I was kind of like mentally prepared for it. I was just actually physically seeing it. You know, although I knew what happened, that was still kind of weird. Now, as far as how the show portrayed me, I mean, I was, I, I, you know, I wasn't mad at how the show portrayed me. I, 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 I didn't think they did a bad, did a bad job in portraying me because I, I, I think I'm a little bit eclectic at times. Like, I could be the wild, crazy dude, you know, ripping off a shirt. I could be, I, I, I could be the emotional dude, you know, like crying over reading, uh, you know, um, uh, stuff that was written on my flag that was kind of inspirational and, and, and motivating towards me. And also, I, I could be somebody that's serious. And I'm like, yo, let's do it. You know what I'm saying, you can take me to fight, let me fight. Um, so I had no problem with the way FX portrayed me. And, uh, I mean, people are going to perceive it however they're going to perceive it, but I was fine with it. Because one thing I noticed, and cool. you can correct me if I'm wrong here, was, you know, after your fight, uh, you became this person who could be funny, enjoy yourself. And it looked like you were, uh, but you also were able to, you were involved in a whole bunch of stuff after that. So, like, describe what it was after your fight and how you were in between those teams. Okay, so so okay. First of all, I'm always the way I am, you know. Even before the fight, like if we if, if we saw before the fight, I mean, at the weigh-ins, I was posing off like a bodybuilder because I was a running joke. So the, the running joke was because I, I actually did a bodybuilding competition in Iraq before, and like if people were asking me like, how do you pose? So like doing the weigh-ins, that's what I did. I, I did a little funny little uh, double back by pose. That's the way I am. Now now as far as after the fight. You know, I went through a lot of phases. I went through phases that, is, you know, I was like, I'm kind of done with this. I went through a phase that, like, man, you know, actually, I do want to fight again, and I, I want the wild card, or, or or somebody get injured, or even at the time, the Bubba McDaniel, he wasn't sure that uh, if he could fight Uriah for whatever reason. I, I, actually, I actually went up to John Jones and told John Jones, like, boom, listen, if Bubba don't fight, I will fight. Or even when um, Josh, Josh the man was having a problem with his legs, I told John Jones the same thing. I was like, yo, if Josh can't fight, I will fight. And I even went up to Josh. I said, Josh, no disrespect. And don't, don't get me wrong. I want you to fight because I definitely believe you deserve your spot in the quarterfinals. But I just want to let you know, because uh, you went to the hospital and who knows what's going on with your leg, that if you can't make it, I will, you know, I will ask for that slot. Not to say they would give it to me, but I'm going to go for it. Now, as, as far as the funny stuff, man, I just, I just want to have fun. I, I'm, I, love, I don't drink, so, so it's not like I need to get drunk and act stupid. But the fact is that we're in the house, six and a half weeks, we got nothing else to do. Why not enjoy the time? If you, you want to do a little rap battle, let's do a rap battle. If you want to do a dance off, let's do a dance off. <laughs> if you, if you want to play space, let's play space. If you want to have a little fun with the girls or the hooters, whatever. I don't care. I don't have no image that I have to maintain or portray. My wife and kids will love me regardless. That's great. You know, and, and I guess along the lines of the fun, our question is, where did this six-shooter move that you were doing or whatever dance, I don't know if there's an official name for it, but you point <laughs> and do some sort yeah. of thing. Talk about yeah, that. So, so, so if you're from the hood and you realize back in the day there was this reggae singer named Shabba Ranks. Oh, my God, that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and Shabba, 
stop. Come Lamar, make a free love. Sure, and he and, and he does that that that, that two fingered nap. Like every time I do it back home, I say sure. So like I mean, people don't remember it or don't know about it, but that's where it comes from. No, no, no. As a huge '90s R&B person, I do know exactly who you're talking about. He was one of yeah. the ugliest rappers to ever hit the scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, he was definitely. I mean, as, as far as reggae singers go, I mean, I mean, you know, he's never the prettiest for the most part. But yeah, he was definitely. Uh, he was kind of hard in the eyes, so to speak. But but I mean, the dude put out some decent songs back in the nineties. Of course, and he was getting all the girls, and he had a little dance, <laughs> and I and I, and I kind of imitated. Shabba. I I would just. I'm having a real. I'm having a real raised in Kansas moment. I don't yeah. know what the hell you guys are talking it's okay. about, but you guys sound really excited. So, <laughs> Kevin, if we, I will show you a video that will explain everything to you. But uh, I, I will Thank go God. on record as saying this right now, Jamal. You are the first fighter to ever use their UFC platform to pay tribute to Shaba Ranks. <laughs> the last one? Question mark. Who knows? But you definitely were doing that. Yeah, my mind is blown. Mind is completely, completely blown. Yeah, man. Yeah, awful. (laughs) That's really funny. Not to get in the way of this, but I am going to drift it back towards the mixed martial arts world, if I may. Uh, You guys feel free to stop me. You guys feel free to stop me. Kevin, we are. We are. How'd you get into MMA? How did I get into MMA? You know, a lot of people ask me that question. I was a little bit of a loaded. Question, you know, I um, you know, I, I boxed and wrestled, you know, growing up a little bit, but I always said that I never took it seriously. I never really made it made it too far, if you ask me. Um, and and then when I joined the army, I decided, uh, you know, to check out a uh, jujitsu school. Actually, I take it back. What happened was I was, I used to wrestle, you know, in the army. I thought like we go into the motor pool and we do a little little wrestling and a little playing around and. And I used to like, choke people out without knowing what choking people out was. And to this one sergeant, like, he kind of stepped up to me. He was a chubby dude. And like, and I took him down, and I was and I was going to put in my, my patent guillotine attack. And he did something and flipped in a roll and whatever and hit me with an arm bar. And, like, and I remember not tapping to the point that my arm started hurting and I tapped. I remember, like, man, that hurt. And I asked him, what was that? And he was like, yeah, so you did And I was like, okay. So after that... I went to, like, you know, a local school. And, and, and so from there, you know, uh, jiu-jitsu school, you know, the instructor, he he actually, like, put me to, to grapple with a female. And I remember thinking at the time, like, man, I'm going to hurt this little girl. Like, like come on now. Mm-hmm. But she was like a brown or black butt or something like that. And and here I am not knowing nothing. So I'm, like, have a lot of ego. So I went out there to roll with her, and she was tapping me out like it was nothing. <laughs> and like, and this one, and, and this one, I was actually bigger than what I am now. And, you know, I was like a really, I was bench pressing four hundred pounds and squatting this and curling this and lifting and deadlifting all that stuff. And I was like, "There's no way!" But she was hitting, hitting me with angles and chokes and, and foot locks and arm locks. It was annoying to the fact that I was like, "Man, I got to learn this." And then obviously being around jujitsu guys, it grows. If you have a wrestling boxing background and you're learning jujitsu. And then you start going against guys, and then you're like, okay, MMA is almost like the next natural progression. No, that makes sense. And you started off uh, with Marcelo Garcia, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very nice. Although, well, uh, although, uh, 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 although official, he, official, he, he, he wasn't my uh, first teacher, but yeah. 
Oh, okay, great. And so all of that gave way. Now, how did you get started in amateur fighting? How did all of that come together? Well, okay, so after training jiu-jitsu and I, and I started doing jiu-jitsu competitions all over the country, it became my passion. I, and I started doing grapple squares in New Jersey, grapple squares in Vegas, you know, Naga and stuff like that. And, and I, I remember thinking officially I never really wanted to fight. I just wanted to do jiu-jitsu. But then I started beating fighters. I thought, like, hey, I how these guys to fight? And I beat them. Relatively easy. Choke them out. Submit them. Easy there, or even in my school. You know, I'm not going to make no names, but even in my school, like, we have MMA guys come through, and I, and I would beat them. So, like, you know, I may want to give this MMA thing a try. And then, you know, I really start focusing on my kickboxing and boxing and, and really implementing more wrestling, and then it just grew. That's cool. You know, uh, that's really cool. So, you know, you were able to do the Ultimate Fighter, and let's fast forward to when you were given the opportunity to pick a fighter. We heard that you picked Bubba. Now, can you explain why it was that you picked Bubba? Uh, so, for the tough, for the Ultimate Fighter finale, um, it, it, it wasn't that I was given the choice to pick Bubba. Okay. It was the fact that I called Joe Silver. There wasn't no Joe Silver. It was actually Dana White. I called okay. Dana White. Did they did they do the film the the filming rap? We all went out and had a good time. The next day, I was flying home and I was like, I need to jump on this. Uh, and I and I texted Dana White and I was like, Yo, I want to fight Bubba. Give me Bubba. He was obviously at the time a lot of reasons why I wanted to fight Bubba. You know, part of it was like the way things played out in my fight. You know, where I think that you know I, I kind of felt like I was sabotaged a little bit. You know, you know, you know, with the lack of support. Um, also, uh, you know, training with Bubba, like you know, we was always very competitive. You know, I, I never felt like, oh man, this guy would, you know, you know, would uh, beat me down. We had grapple, and I felt like sometimes I got the best of him and sparring. We we had some decent hard rounds, and you know, uh, training with him, you know, gave me some confidence that you know, if I get my cardio up and stuff like that, that I, you know, I can win this fight. Also, uh, and obviously seeing him fight, you know, I, I saw him fight four times and, 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 you know, he wasn't that impressive on the show. I mean, obviously he was going through the weight cutting situation, but, yeah. but watching him, training with him, watching him fight, I, I felt like, I, I felt like I, I knew him mm. and I was, and I could be able to make adjustments and, 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 and beat him. Um, and then also, obviously, I had that little bit of, like, vendetta because it, it, it wasn't just my fight. It was stuff that played out in the house. Like, if you watch, if you watch the whole Thanksgiving episode mm-hmm. where I wanted some mashed, um, mashed potatoes and he was mad at me because I, I wanted some mashed potatoes, you know, I didn't even know Bubba felt like that. You know, he's on TV saying, you know, lack of better words, F you, you know, for me wanting mashed potatoes. And I'm like, I didn't want the mashed potatoes. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. What happened that day that the people didn't know about? He was also cutting weight, so he just, uh, you know, <laughs> the cutting weight jeans. Yeah, yeah, but 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 listen. So I remember that day, that Thanksgiving day, and and, and first of all, let's talk about cutting weight. He got picked for the wild card slot, which was a slot that I would have loved to get. So so you can't complain too much when you are given a second chance, and and a big opportunity, a chance that a couple of us guys would have loved to have. Okay? Sure. So, that's, so that's first of all. Second of all, that day, Thanksgiving, I was like, before the food came to the house, all I said is, like, I want mashed potatoes. That's my favorite food. I asked anybody, and they would tell you, Jamal, mashed potatoes, 
go hand to hand. Now, <laughs> when the food came, when the food came, the coaches wasn't there yet. So Gary, the producer, actually didn't come out there to to do an interview. I, I want to go do the interview. Now the coaches came. Everybody started eating. And so Gary was like, "Okay, man, interview done. Go upstairs and go eat." I go upstairs, and all the massive tails were like ravaged through. Now the funny <laughs> part was this. They had two tubs of sweet potato, whatever, two tubs of sing bean casserole, two tubs of turkey, but only one tub of mashed potato. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm scraping the tub to get some mashed potato, and I'm like, I'm like, bro, I'm like, that's all I wanted. And, 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 and yeah, it was crazy. And the thing was, okay, yeah, I did say, man, I'm, I'm kind of frustrated that you guys ate all the mashed potatoes. It's one because I didn't have none. Two. Okay, I was a little bit frustrated, but I wasn't like pissed off. I wasn't walking around moaning and crying and bitching and, and screaming at people or like, yo, what's over the mouth? You know what I'm I made a little quick little comment. I didn't know that I was going to make bubbles slip out. So, so yeah. in review, your fight with Bubba came together because of mashed potatoes? <laughs> no, there was a lot of things you know, that came into play. There are worse you know, like reasons to fight someone. I mean, yeah. I fight mean, <laughs> As a as a fat person at heart, I fight people over leftovers <laughs> all the time. So this isn't a bad person. Uh, but yeah, well, I, I think it was a stranger. Because the thing food. is, Bubba alluded to the fact that there were things that we just didn't know and we still don't. Uh, and that's why I, it was interesting because we, we did want to get that perspective. But it sounds like there well, were other things at play. Yeah, for sure. But you know what? If, if you think about it, too, if you look up, if you look at the other potential matchups, you know, I, you know, at, at the time, I thought that Bubba was the safest matchup because, so, the way that I looked at it is that they're not going to kind of put me with a quarterfinal guy. You know, the guy that made it to the quarterfinals, like uh, like uh, Dylan or Jimmy or stuff like that. So, so I looked at it, the potential guys that I could have fought was, was either out of Zach Cummings, Kevin Casey, Bo McDaniels. I didn't think they were going to put me with Clint because Clint was like such a highly touted prospect that they want him to find another highly talented uh, uh, prospect. Um, who was Adam Seller? I didn't think they were going to put me against him because it just would have been a really bad matchup as far as my grappling and plus, you know, you know me and Adam was actually decent friends. You know, um, so I was thinking, I was thinking it was going to be out of the three that didn't perform up to up to the uh, potential, which is uh, Bubba. Kevin and Zach. Now, all three guys are really good. All that great experience. Now, Zach was, you know, he's a strong guy. He's a he's a guy that's hard to fight because you're not you're not gonna knock him out. And he's he got a really great record and he, he's a grinder. So and, and and plus he would he would he would knock you out. He got power. When we did talk to him, uh, alluded to the fact that in wrestling and in grappling. You were one of the harder guys to submit, and and Kevin Casey, as you mentioned, who is well known to have uh, a good uh, submission game, uh, that you guys had long, long uh, uh, sparring matches. You know, um, he's not going to submit me. You know, Bubba's not going to submit me because we grapple so much together, and 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 like, and I didn't really felt like he had the knockout power that Zach had. What Bubba did have over me. And I felt like I could have found a way to get over. He had experience, and he had size, believe it or not. Mm. So, so I was like, sacking off, you know, all in. I was like, okay, if I'm going to fight in the finale, who's the better choice? 
for the best fight for me. Yeah, and talk to us about that. What was it like fighting on the main card for FX? What was it like being in the finale? Uh, honestly, bro, uh, you know, if I have to be honest with you, uh, I, I, I think it killed me. I think it killed my performance. I think it, it kind of a, 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 it put a, a pretty, put a huge target on my back, and and um, and it was something I wasn't really mentally prepared for. You know, now like you know, people people can say whatever they want to say, and like, oh man, if I had the opportunity, I would, you know, do uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing: I fought most of my career in the local Colorado Springs. Okay, so for me to go from fighting in Colorado Springs to fighting the main event, Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas, UFC, Ultimate Fighter finale, it was tremendous. I was thinking I was going to fight Bubble on the prelims, maybe on Facebook, kind of get in, you know, get in there a little crowd, feel a little bit shy, and sure. and, and, and yeah, and, like, and and kind of earn my way up. Yeah, you know, learn and grow and deal with the UFC jitters and all that stuff, and earn my way up. Man, he fooled me and he like, boom, main card, first fight. <laughs> I don't even understand why. Me and Bubba, I don't, I don't understand. Because to be honest with you, you know, I, after the fight, I, I, I've got so much respect for Bubba. And obviously, I respect myself. But I don't think neither one of us earned that spot. You were two of the more featured cast members. It seemed like for each of the weeks, it wasn't your fight. Between yeah. you, Bubba, and Adam Sella, you guys still got a lot of extra camera time. Okay, well, you know, that's what I thought. I thought maybe Bubba coming from Red Jackson and being John Jones' homeboy and being such a, uh, 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 you know, experienced sure. fighter. Me, me having, um, you know, so much camera time and maybe the little rivalry between us, he could play that up a little bit. I, I thought that was the reason why, but I'm talking strictly off the fight that was in the house. I don't think we earned the main card slot. Now, what happened was, you know, that kind of messed with me because I was like, I didn't earn this, you know, and and then uh, I made the crucial mistake, a rookie mistake, and going online and reading people say, oh, this sucks, you know, Gilbert and Bubba don't belong here, they don't earn it, you know, they, they suck and this is whack and I can't believe this is happening, like, and then I started to play with them too. Now, oh, no. yeah, yeah, now being, being a naive, ignorant person that I was, Coming out to the fight and the screaming and the crowd fully in full blast and, and it was it and man it was it was something that like throughout my whole training camp I never thought of. Mm. Wow, that's uh, you know I I've got to applaud you for all of your honesty. I don't know that there are many fighters who would say they didn't earn uh, a position on the main card. Uh, so that that's refreshing to hear because most people you know will uh, bisping their way through and be like, yeah, I deserve that, yeah. I was pretty sure I, I deserve that shot. Uh, yeah, yeah. But for, for us right now, you know, the, the interesting thing for me in, in hearing this is, uh, first of all, never go online. I, I don't know why yeah. you would do that in a fight <laughs> because you deal with people like us, and people like us are terrible we're humans. We're the worst. Yeah, we're, we're bad people. Absolute worst. Like, I read stuff, and, you know, the funny part is, when we're watching these things, I think there's a difference between funny and downright just dickish nature. Yeah. And I think that people just forget that. So, yeah, man, I, I if there is one piece of advice I can give you as a non-fighter, it would be to never, ever listen to the yeah, people like that. Yeah, stay the 
fuck off Twitter, well, I, well, too. Those people are insane. Yep. Well, I learned. I, I mean, I, I learned the hallway. You know, the funny thing is, hmm. the more I went online and read, okay, you, you could have been like, whoa, okay, you reading a lot of negative stuff. Stop reading. Yeah. The more, the, the, the more addicted I got, I got to read it. I was like, yeah. I said, maybe I can find that one person I believe in me. That one person. And I find, every so often, I, I read one that's like, you know, Gilbert Cockton. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I read 10 more that say Gilbert Cockton. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's crazy. That was actually something uh, we learned, we heard a lot about that from Bubba also when he did the show. He was uh, explaining to us some of the direct messages and tweets he was getting. Yeah. They were just so personal and attackive. And maybe you forget that you guys are subject to a lot of those people while you're on the show. But the shit you guys get is shocking yeah. from a fan yeah. perspective. Well, well I'm going to say this much. No disrespect to Bubba, okay? Because, you know, I think I think at this moment, you know, me and Bubba made amends for whatever craziness that happened in the show after we fought. We both hugged and shook hands and have a lot of respect for him. And Bubba was actually very, very, very respectful to me, you know, to my performance in the fight. But, but uh, yeah, Bubba caught hell. He caught, I mean, like, for every 10 bad things I got, like it was like 50 for him. And, um, you know, but you have to also factor in that, you know, as a as a fan, if you watch the show, you know, you can kind of understand why some of the fans kind of felt a certain way about Bubba. Because, you know, he, he didn't come off as, the like, you know, the best guy that you want to be around or hang around. Me, actually, I, I was actually portrayed a little bit as the victim. And I actually got a lot of love. You know, a, a lot of people hit me up. was like, man, that Bubba... That bubble sucks, man. The way the bubble treated you, and, and even Josh a little bit. The way that bubble and Josh treated you, man. Both of them should get this and get that. And a lot of people came at me with like a lot of support for for what I went through. I mean, it was I, I can't imagine what Bubba and Josh actually caught on day end. Yeah, no, it's true. I I think Bubba alluded to the fact that they. I guess people who are responding to him were bringing up his wife and his, or not his wife, his kids in the situation, oh, wow. and and that's the kind of thing where we're like, that's crossing a line. But to his, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, I didn't know that at all. Uh, I think when you guys were fighting uh, on the official like Dana White, where he posts the pictures of everybody uh, mm -hmm. doing their weigh-ins, there's this great moment where I'm pretty sure I caught Bubba responding to people on the Facebook pictures. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking shit to him, and I'm like, dude, you're about to fight tomorrow. I think you've got something else to do. <laughs> but again, <laughs> Kevin and I don't necessarily have, you know, millions of people uh, coming to tell us that we suck uh, just yet. yet. We have them just by yet. the dozens. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ours normally come in like threes and fours, but yeah. You know, but so, well, I, I can understand. No, but I, I tell I, you, it is it, it it is very hard to resist the urge to not. And I'll respond. Here's what I did. I responded with love. You know, I tried to combat hate with love when people were like, you suck. And I always say, like, for instance, I get put in messages, like, even now, they're like, oh, you suck. I'll be like, well, if you want to sign autograph poster, just ask one. That's all you need to do. I got you, bro. I, I, thank you for the love and support. I appreciate it. It is definitely uh, a great illustration of the good sense of humor because I think more than anybody else, and I don't know why you ducked this, we gave you the funniest person 
in the house category, and you rejected that and gave that to Adam Sella. Why is that? Oh, you know what? Because uh, it's funny. Uh, because I'm in, in the house. I wasn't the funniest person. They just caught me as at, at, at funny times, whereas like it's like because Adam was he's quick with it. He's one of those guys that he could throw jokes and have the whole house laughing. But mm-hmm. but if you're not there in the midst, like in the time, you probably won't get the joke. You may even be offended. And, oh, yeah. and, 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 and it's probably a little bit why Uriah got a little bit offended and, and made that comment that he made against uh, Adam. Because Adam makes jokes, and if you don't understand his type of humor, you yeah. may get a little touchy and, and like, and like, you know what, screw yeah. you, you know? So, but, 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 but if, if you ask anybody who had people laughing the most, it was Adam. Well, you know, we just had him on last week. I think Kevin would attest to that too. He, he yeah, has a great, funny. he has a very polite, uh, charm to him. That's, uh, that makes it very easy for him to get jabs in and not even notice. Yeah. We were big Adam Sella fans. Uh, to switch back, talk to me a little bit more about the Bubba fight. What were you expecting? With, with his experience, you know, it, it's hard to make a turnaround. So I knew Bubba was like, he had a point to prove. Yeah. And, and, to, and to me, it motivated me because I, Bubba's a tough guy, and he wasn't come out there like no Trump. You know, he wasn't come out there and prove something. So it, it motivated me in training for me to keep pushing myself. So with that note, even in my loss, I felt like, you know, I, I felt like I got the best Bubba. I got the Bubba that, you know, that could have won the show. And for me to do as well as I did, you know, I'm not saying I went out there and destroyed and, and beat Bubba up for two and a half rounds, you know, but I, I, I was there in the thick of things and not getting blown out the water. And, and, no, and, that's, no. a, and that's a huge, you know, uh, feather in my cap. I mean, that was, that was something that I think uh, we all really appreciated. Not only did you, and I don't know how you feel now about it, but I think to all the fans who were watching, that night that you guys put on between the entire cast was a really solid set of fights. So I, I think from our perspective, we were entertained and enjoyed you in that position on the card. For what it's yeah, worth. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was a good fight. And Bubba, yeah, Bubba, Bubba's obviously a really talented fighter. And I think from what we saw, so is Luke. So you, you definitely had some challenging matches throughout your tenure in the Ultimate Fighter house. Yeah, and you know what the thing is, too? I always, I mean, I feel like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, because you could be honest, I, I felt like I was very, very competitive because even the fight with Luke, I actually felt like cause the first round, I felt like I won, second round, was, it was a little bit iffy. So if I didn't get hit with the knee, you know, I felt like we would have went minimum to the third round. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and Bubba, too, uh, I felt like I, I won the first round. He came out, won the second round, and the third round he was winning. But I still had like two minutes left to turn it around, and I could have done something different. So like, it's like, it's like you know, me going against the uh, you know uh, the grain on like you know Luke height size and the, and the personal stuff I was going through with my team and Bubba being the bigger, more experienced fighter, you know. I think I proved a little bit. I still have a lot more to prove because I got to get over that hump. I mean, it's not, it's not, in the UFC, it's, it's not good enough to say, oh, I did well. You know, well, it's like, you got to go there I want. 
Yeah, I mean, they're very results-driven uh, business. Uh, might it be a suggestion to maybe not fight super tall people? <laughs> uh, because I, I will say maybe part of the reason uh, Luke was able to pull off that knee is because it was essentially already halfway there. <laughs> Just as a, as a thing, as an observation. I, I know nothing about fighting, so, you know. Just uh, you know, it, 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 it's funny because yeah, because Luke the six six and Bubba six three, and I'm five nine. You know, it, 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 it's, it's so frustrating because like you know, that's obviously the, the running theme, and people telling me I need to drop down to one seventy and whatever. And like, listen, uh, I never really felt uh, like I was outclassed, you know. And maybe, and maybe being a 185 and, and, and being so short, maybe I will always be that, 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 that fighter that has mixed results. But, it, but if I go down to 170, I could have more consistent results. That could be the case. And I guess I have to see how things play out. And um, I don't know, man, 170 seems tough. <laughs> Which is definitely a good transition into our next topic. What's next for you, fight-wise? Well, well, uh, fight-wise, you know, I have some options. Nothing's 100% locked in. Um, I'm hoping to be fighting sometime July, August. Uh, um, I mean, there's some uh, some promotion on the table, and we're trying to figure out, you know, numbers and opponents and, and this and this and that. You know, my thing is this. You know, obviously, I want to get back to the big show, and and I definitely want to earn it. So. I want to be able to fight decent, decent guys on a decent promotion, you know, so people could, you know, uh, keep their eye on me and I stay, and I stay relevant and not go to some small show with no name and and, and fight some guy that doesn't really do anything for me. Now, if you don't mind us asking, if we're allowed to ask, uh, on what terms did you leave the UFC? Oh, uh, it was it was great terms. I, I think it's pretty straightforward, you know. I mean, I mean, Dana White was straight up and down uh, on the situation. It's like, you know, especially from the Ultimate Fighter guys, you lose, you get cut. It's simple because the numbers is out there. They didn't really, you know, as far as Joe Silver, because he actually called me and he talked to me, uh, and it was a really cool conversation. You know, the truth is, they didn't really have a place for us. But Dana White promised everybody a fight. Now, mm-hmm. by doing that, they made it happen. But with that said, if you lose, even in a great fight, because I actually thought right. Colin versus Luke, I mean, I thought that Colin did so well that maybe he should have got a contract. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, but he, they were straight black and white with it. You know, you lose, you out. Yeah. He yeah. did say, you get some fights, you get some wins, and we see what happens. You know, I, I mean, you know, you know, with the UFC, you know how this thing goes. People get injured, people pull out, whatever the case can be. They're always looking for somebody last minute. That's how Bristol, from season uh, 16, got called up to fight Clint because Zach got injured. Yeah. And Bristol, and Bristol fights in 170. <laughs> so, like, you know, you fight, you win, you, you stay in shape, you, you stay injury-free, you stay hungry, and you never know. I do think for me personally, I think it's a lot easier to get back to the UFC than it is to like make your first stop into the UFC. Yeah. So, so, I, so I think I have a better shot at making it to the UFC than somebody else for the same record. I've never been there. 
that's definitely true. Well, you've definitely got a better shot than I do, so I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> contend with that for right now. I'd say uh, I'm Kevin, 50-50. We might be in the same place. I don't, we'll see. I don't, don't put yourself in that, Kevin. Ref, you do know there was that one time I thought about starting an amateur fighting career. Was, oh. uh, <laughs> just this saying. is a bad choice. Takes no, a strong no. man to even consider it. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. A strong man to consider it? Yeah, Maybe, like somebody fighting a piece rap. Of paper It's go, tough I business. I do have a jiu-jitsu question. Mm-hmm. How long have you been training just jiu-jitsu? Where are you at belt-wise and uh, year-wise in jiu-jitsu? Uh, I've been training jiu-jitsu since like 2005. And uh, belt-wise, I stopped at the purple belt. I just stopped doing gi. Sure. You know, I'm actually with my my new jiu-jitsu coach. He's a black belt on the Megatone. He lives in Colorado named Curtis Hill. Uh, and, and we have talked about me, you know, striving to get that brown belt. But, you know, he, he's a, he's, he's a, he's an old school type of cat. In other words, I got to put the gi back on and, and get back to do more gi. And, um, and, and we talked about it and, and it's something, you know, I am interested in doing. And I, and I, and I definitely need to put the gi back on and get back into, um, you know, uh, you know, tighten up my jujitsu because, you know, what happens is this. You're doing jujitsu, but it's not really jujitsu. Like, cause, cause you, like, you got all these MMA things you got to worry about boxing, kickboxing, uh, strength and conditioning, wrestling, you know, no gi gi. Like, and then you, you just start to, like, for me, I started to focus so much on my kickboxing. Like, I've been to Thailand, I've been to Amsterdam, and, you know, and really work with, work with the Dutch kickboxers. I started focusing so much on my boxing, my kickboxing, to, to try to get that up the par that I felt like my ground kind of, Locked a little bit. And it's so hard to find that, find that you know that balance. And there's yeah. really there's no real balance. That's interesting. So yeah, I appreciate. It. I was just curious from a jujitsu perspective. All right, Raf, would you like to talk him through the word association game? Most certainly. Kevin is about to ask you a series of uh, either words or phrases. We want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Be honest, you have been with us so far, so we appreciate that, and we, uh, we hope you'll continue doing that here. Uh, but yeah, are you up for this? Is this okay with you? Let's do this like Brutus. All right. Great, because we were going to do it whether you said yes or no. <laughs> we'll just pre-record and auto-generate weird answers. All right, doing it live, our first term, Internet Trolls. Are you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. All right, you're still thinking of in- your response to internet trolls? Oh, 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 oh. That was the start. That's the start. Okay, I'll, yeah. okay, I apologize. No, you're fine. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm just glad Raph stepped in. I was going to play another 30 <laughs> seconds. Okay. <laughs> I was okay. going to be like, okay. did he just okay. pass out? And on the air, are <laughs> okay. we uh, supposed to call someone here? Verbal tab. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Internet trolls, simple. Uh, they, it is what it is. They part of the sport. You got to deal with it. All right. Next phrase: tough finale. Uh, the the uh, the greatest uh, time of my life, and uh, and you know, obviously, the worst time of my life. <laughs> uh, Team Sonnen. Uh, awesome guys. I love those dudes. They're like brothers to me. I, I train with them uh, a, a lot, you know, after the show. And, and you know, these are good guys. 
And we did. You have trained with them since. I thought I saw that you trained with like Luke and those yeah. guys. Did you go to Portland? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was training with um, Chelsea, uh, Sonnen, Luke, Zach. Uh, yeah. How was that? Oh, that was that was awesome. Um, you know, to to you know to get up there. Things got a little weird because Zach got injured after the first week of me being there, which kind of sucked. He was a softball. I needed him. Uh, Luke had to leave in the first week because he had visa issues. Um, you know, uh, Chill Sonnen, you know, obviously Chill Sonnen was great all around, perfect, you know, but, like, I, I actually ended up losing Luke and Zach way earlier than I expected. Do we want to – Yeah, we can round out our word association game. That was a good one. Verbal Tap Podcast. Uh, when can I do it again? That's great answer. That's uh... great and perfect answer. Uh, well, I'll I'll go ahead and uh, I'll take you up on that. Uh, tell you what, when you've got something new going on, when you are about to be fighting, you say July and August is when it looks like things may be shaping up. You let us know. Get back in touch with us, or just kind of send a flare in the sky or something, and yeah. uh, we'd yeah. love to have you back and start talking about that. Well, for sure, that'd be awesome. I definitely could do that. Beautiful. Cool. We we appreciate your time, man. Uh, Kevin, do you have anything? Nope, that's it on our side. Uh, really stoked to talk to you again. Really appreciate you doing the show. And cool, you know, cool, on cool. on our side, man, we've uh, we've we've heard things by proxy from other people in the house, and we were so happy to be able to get your side of things. And not only that, but uh, you've been a consummate gentleman, even when we've been poking fun of you on Twitter. Uh, you, we know firsthand that you respond very, very positively, and I think that's pretty cool of you. It's cool. I appreciate it. Not a problem, man. Well, you are welcome to come back to this podcast anytime you like. Yeah, and yeah, well, we also we run Verbal Tapcast, the website, where we just do fun MMA stories. If you ever have anything you want to do, YouTube, video series, or anything-wise, uh, keep us posted. We've got a good medium for fighters to reach out. Cool. I would, I would definitely do that. If possible, if I could give a quick shout out to uh to some of my sponsors and friends definitely yeah go right ahead man yeah yeah cool i, I definitely want to thank my team uh team victory in colorado Springs. all my guys that helped push me to make it to this level i, I want to uh thank uh Factory x chris Camozzi and mark montoya for the guys that, 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 that's helping me rebuild my back of my boxing coach carlos and my uh jiu-jitsu coach curtis and my best friend david um uh, he's also my chiropractor and um, uh, Panino's Restaurant in Colorado Springs, awesome. If anybody listening from Colorado Springs, you got to check out that restaurant. And Complete Nutrition for the supplements that really helped me uh, during the fight. And, and my wife and kids. And obviously my wife uh, being today Mother's Day, I just want to thank her for being the strong person that she is. And also my mother for also being Mother's Day. Thank her for That's giving birth to me. very nice. And we want to thank your wife, too, for allowing you to do this on yeah, her day. Yeah, we appreciate day. that. We don't know how much shit you may be taking for this, but uh, <laughs> we want to make sure she's thanked. And also, I saw on YouTube, you have a series of uh, like things that follow you behind the scenes of like training and whatnot. You aren't kidding about your love for your chiropractor. <laughs> you have – and correct me if I'm wrong here. You had – M&M's Lose Yourself playing in a video while you're getting readjusted. Am I right here? 
okay, you may be reading into this a little bit too much. Uh, <laughs> uh, first and foremost, my chiropractor, he's actually one of my students. He's actually my longest student I ever had. You know, he's been with me from day one that I opened up my school here in Colorado Springs. He's been my best friend. He's been in my corner almost all my fights. And uh, he's a really good guy, a really great support. Second, the whole song, Lose Myself, the guy that produced that video, uh, he's the one that picked the song, so I had nothing to do with it. All I know is, I was like, that's really cool. I think it's really funny uh, that I've never seen anybody give their love to their chiropractor. And I said, yeah, they should, especially if you guys have people who help you like this. But when I heard, it sounded like a mixtape the entire time (laughs) in that video, the way it was produced. And I I couldn't stop laughing when I heard. It was a montage, yes. But it's definitely funny when you're just like, is is he, why is this happening? I don't know why I lose yourself's playing. So talk to your editor. Just, you know, maybe suggest some other songs, maybe instrumentals. All I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I appreciate but, that, uh, that advice. Well, well we, we try and give as much advice as we can. But thank you so much for your time, man. We hope you have a good rest of your evening. Thank you, brother. Have a good All one. All right. All right, we're back. What am I listening to right now, Raph? What is okay, this? right now you are listening to Shaba Ranks, who uh, Jamal Smith, as many of you know, was just on our show mentioned was the inspiration for the six shooter gun dance that he would do throughout the <laughs> ultimate fighter show so i am educating you uh kansas bread and board kevin phillips to all First of, of this. all i think this video might be too mature for me except <laughs> when the guy in the huge white outfits we're gonna have to post this video you're talking about wait, following this the, the white guy that's that's shaba ranks okay he's the rapper I like that his hair is, uh, it's like half of it is lower than the other half. He's got like a reverse mohawk situation. That was what you did. Now, the best part about this is it's right after Millie Vanilli. So there's a dude with dreadlocks as known as Maxi Priest who's singing the hook. Okay. Yeah, he's got major dreads. Yes. And Shaba Ranks, the one with the triangle hair, uh, he is basically more different Shaggy before Shaggy was Shaggy. So in the background, he's just saying some nonsense. This does sound pretty... I also like the girl dancing. She looks like a Bond film member. Yes. In the 90s, you had to have a girl dancing at the camera for no reason. Yeah. But uh, this is roughly, for people who can't really hear this at home, it's just... Big up! Shaba, shaba. Everybody want to get down. And in the background, it's just, you know, lots of very bad R&B music. And in, every once in a while, you just hear Shaba ranks you a lot. Shaba! Don't worry, I'll be able to put this song underneath the uh, outro here. We'll be good to go. So, uh, I guess it's fitting that yeah. this is being played on Mother's Day. Thanks, because, uh, uh, Gilbert Smith, for bringing this to Raph and I's attention. Or Raph's attention, and you guys educating me. I'm... Bringing a better person for having watched this. 
Uh, this this song was uh, so so infamous that In Living Color in its heyday made fun of it, and the guy who was singing it, Shaba Ranks, uh, and the parody song was called Mr. Ugly Man. So, little fun comedy fact for all of you kids. That is a fun comedy fact. Yep. All right, thank, Jamal was great. He was, uh, yeah. he was a ton of fun. Dude, he he's always been, had a really good sense of humor, and I think, as we always learn with all these fighters, they always are able to bring a better context to what the shit was going on. Oh, yeah. And we had no idea, it turns out. Like, the the best part is you get snippets of being like, yeah, that dude sucks because he said that one thing. Or, yeah, his cardio sucks. But in actuality, when you're training for about eight hours a day, I'm pretty sure my cardio would suck after minute 30. I... I can't imagine. I just like getting the context. So we'll have to have him back as things progress. Most it's definitely. To hear the whole, we, we're really putting the UFC together, the Ultimate Fighter Show 17. We're, we're capping it off here, Raph. I like it. We are, we are taking a Pokemon approach to it. Gotta catch them all. Love it. So shout-outs, BJJ Finder. Thanks for all the website help and what you're seeing over at Verbal Tapcast. Check out... All of the different commercials coming from BJJ Finder, the world's premier BJJ and IBJJF seminar locator. You can find anything and everything pertaining to jiu-jitsu over at BJJ Finder. You can also get the app on iTunes. I highly recommend it. BJJ and MMA Academy over there in Chantilly, no concept. Out in Maryland, we have a graduation seminar on Saturday. So nice. if anyone's listening, thinking about joining jiu-jitsu, now's as good a time as ever. That's pretty much it for me. Happy Mother's Day. Wait, my mom doesn't listen to this podcast, which is fine. Maybe she'll <laughs> listen to the beginning sometime. <laughs> but she was very important in my fighting life. Because we were a, uh, you know, a little bit of an aggressive family. So she was always very good about supporting athletics and those types of interest. She coached my baseball team. So happy Mother's Day. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. I didn't know your mom was that important in your fighting life. Yeah, oh yeah. She's a, she's a fighter and we're aggressive. You had to fight or just get beaten up in my household. That sounds like a crazy household. Yeah, it is. No, well, good for you. Uh, I, I think... She was uh, a nice enough person to admit you had a soft spot on your head due to being dropped. So we, of course, appreciate Mrs. Phillips. Do you have any shout outs you'd like to make? Uh, We have a few. Congratulations. Big congratulations to Mr. Mike Jasper for winning his fight and now going 7-0, putting the silent warrior to just the silent. Oh, he's officially been, well, not further silenced. But quieter? I don't know. How do you say that? Well, whatever. We'll work but, on those semantics later. Yeah, he's, it doesn't matter. He lost at this time. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, we want to thank Mark Phillip for sending us a photo of Dana White with a turtle. I don't know if you saw this, but Dana White saved a turtle this week. Went out of his car to go like get it out of the road of being in harm's way. Uh, the unfortunate part of that is that uh, Dana got really pissed off when he found out the turtle was signed with Bellator, so... Yikes. Ooh. Ooh, you fucking dead to me, turtle. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I got you off the fucking road. Fuck you. Uh, We want to thank Jossam Man. We're going to have you on the podcast very soon. Matt Sicaro for always being a good good time with us over here. Actually, the guys who were featured in the Olympic wrestler video, uh, J.D. Bergman and Reese Humphrey, very funny guys. We encourage you to follow them on Twitter because they are part of the Save uh, Wrestling in the Olympics movement, which is very important. Uh, also, Stephen Richards had a, a quick follow-up to you. He wanted to know what you would think of Chael Sonnen fighting... Tito Ortiz would look like? I think it would look like a lot of old age in a single cage. I think it would look fine? I don't know. Is Tito still a good... I think Chael's still a fighter, but Tito... I'd watch the shit out of that fight. I know that. That would be the highest grossing shit-talking ever. Yeah. And I mean... Joel, Joel Silva should talk to Steven Richards. He's throwing out some <laughs> interesting fight schemes. I agree. And as I said, uh, now that Tito Ortiz is saying he'd like to beat John Jones, it allows Sonnen to be Captain Savaho and say he's coming in to fight John Jones's fights for him. In this scenario, everybody wins. <laughs> Am I wrong? Nope. No, you're definitively right. So maybe I'm definitively just... right. We might just talked me into it, yeah. But you, have they considered the possibility of a four-way fight? It's just called battle for reigning old guy at the two hundred five, and we can throw like uh, Vanderlei Silva, mm-hmm. Chael Sonnen, Forrest Griffin, and I don't know, maybe Tito Ortiz, maybe you know Rashad, and just let them all four do a battle royale. I mean, this is where you're talking about more of the WWE concept coming in, like a fatal four-way. But, uh, yeah, sure, why the hell not? I I don't know if you've seen this. There are, like, tag team videos, though, of submission fights, though, on the internet. We should try and uh, tweet some of those out. It's ridiculous. Imagine tagging out somebody in a jiu-jitsu or grappling match. I... The more we talk about it, the more I love it. Well, the more we're going to have to make it happen. (laughs) But, like, imagine that you're trying to sink in a rear naked choke, and then the person somehow manages to tag someone out by whatever stroke of luck. And you have the person who's, like, trying to finish the choke who's now just getting attacked. Yeah, it's going to be a bloody violent mess, and it would absolutely never work. But that does not neglect the fact that it would be fantastic television so i think we should work on the details let's work on the concept most definitely uh while we're at it nice round of applause and thanks to our good friends john evans jiu-jitsu coach extraordinaire have fun in ireland my friend to other folks as well valley martial arts center in north hollywood (laughs) we are hosting a tournament june 15th i believe uh look into that we are doing it in association with dream registrations 30 bucks which isn't bad for a tournament people uh you get three matches for sure so look into that go to valleymac.com for more information on that tournament uh just in addition to all of that uh thanks to everybody who's listening you guys are making awesome uh final shout outs indeed to 
Shabba ranks. Thank you for making this the best podcast ever. Yeah. And finally, 2-1 Rachel Esparza. Hope you're doing good. Me too. Okay. That'll do it. Muggy, Lisa Falconer, thanks again for all the uh, Twitter work. That'll do it at Verbal Tap Cast. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. As a huge 90s R&B person. This is our Gilbert Jamal Smith from the Ultimate Fighter Season 17, Team Jones versus Team Thunder. I'm on verbal tap. I got to listen to it every time it's on. This is awesome. Thank you.